It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome into the show, everyone. We got a great one for you today here on this Monday, September 21st, as we look to recap UFC Fight Night Covington versus Woodley, which took place on Saturday, September 19th at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And good to be back with you guys here uh, to start off the the new week. Um, As always, a little bit of housekeeping uh, before we get into the uh, rest of the show. Um, luckily my voice is all good so we could do the recap here on Monday because I wanted to get out here and talk about a, a wonderful night of fights that uh, we had I mean really from top to bottom main card co-main event so many storylines to talk about um, really not many fights fizzled out it almost felt kind of like a, a pay-per-view but uh, we'll get into that um, in just a minute some housekeeping stuff we'll have uh, Reagan Hooverman on the program tomorrow I'm not exactly sure what we'll talk about. We'll probably talk about his appearance on the main card showdown um, two cards ago um, at this point. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about the NFL. We'll talk about why the Vikings uh, are a bunch of bums. We'll talk about the Packers, surely. Um, all these injuries that are happening in the NFL. Uh, we'll probably talk about that as well. So I don't really know what uh, is going on, but whenever you put the mailman and the hound dog together on on these airwaves i mean magic just happens that's that's a saying as old as time that's a saying that predates me i didn't make it up you know what i mean this is this is like yin and yang this is ancient ancient wisdom even even the ancient egyptians even they knew that when you get the mailman when you get the man who always delivers and you put them in in the same room with a hound dog I mean, that's just radio gold, so it doesn't really matter what we'll talk about because it's it's going to be fun stuff, so you don't want to miss that. Um, obviously, the mailman's still the champ. I mean, honestly, there's not really much competition left for the mailman here. He's kind of cleaned out the division. Uh, I, beat, uh, I beat the fireman. I think I beat him 59-57, which, I mean, that's a little closer than what it actually was. You know what I mean? The mailman dominated from start to finish. I mean, you look at my record. I'm six two and two. You know what I mean? Like I'm dominating. I'm on a three. I'm on a three fight winning streak. I guess three card winning streak here. Um, so, you know, I don't know, man. I think you know we got this big pay per view upcoming here, and and we'll do the preview show. Um, I don't know. I guess on Wednesday, maybe maybe Thursday. It depends on my schedule, but I like to do them a little earlier to let them digest. Um. But later in the week, that'll be interesting. Uh, but we got the big pay-per-view this weekend, and I think once the mailman beats the fireman another time, I don't know. I might have a call out for for a hound dog. I might have to have a rematch with Reagan uh, after I after I beat Drew again. And you know, maybe we'll get Drew another opponent too. Maybe we'll have a four-person league. You know what I mean? So it's it's fun stuff. But you know, like always, the mailman. You know, he just he just always delivers. He's the champ. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. Um, I don't believe I updated my picks. Um, okay, so I did. I mean, I went nine and five. 
nine and five. I mean, that's not terrible. Prelims kind of fucked me over like they always do. I've just been absolute ass at picking uh, these prelim fights lately. Main card, I mean, which is where you're gonna bet your money, unless you're uh, unless you have a, a, a crippling addiction, you're gonna bet your money on the main card and not not prelim fights. But you know, when it matters on the main card, that's 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 where I've been doing good. I might have to dive a little deeper into the stats and figure out the numbers there. You know, crunch some some numbers on uh, on a TI-84, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'll, I'll take nine and five. I mean, considering how bad some of these last couple of weeks have been, um, you know, I'll, I'll take a nine and five. That's that's fine with me. Um, oh, uh, also the mailman. I guess we'll we'll get into it here, but I just want to say real real quick, the mailman's lock of the week. Absolutely delivered, but we'll get to that in in the featured bout. Um, so obviously in the main event on Saturday. It was a fifth-round TKO from Colby Covington on Tyron Woodley. Um, a lot of talking points to be derived from this contest. Um, we'll start with the winner here. We'll start, we'll start with Colby. Um, and, and actually, we'll start here in the North Star Sports UFC rankings, which you can find at northstarsports.media forward slash rankings. Uh, some, some updating here in the welterweight division. Um we moved Colby Covington from the number two contender to the number one contender, so that means Gilbert Burns has is, is moved down from one to two. Um, I felt Gilbert Burns being the number one contender might have been a little premature. Now, make no mistake, when I do my rankings, it's solely who has the best recent resume. It's not about who's next in line for the title. So you don't have to be the number one contender to be in next in line for the title. I just do it by who's the best because otherwise it would otherwise it would be like well what if the number one two and three contender all lose does that mean the number four contender moves up to number the number one spot even if he doesn't fight just because he's next in line for a title i don't know i know that there's some weirdness with other people's rankings but we don't give a shit what other people's rankings are they're all terrible uh when you look at resume colby covington much better than gilbert burns um so we we moved him ahead of burns Woodley was at five. We move him to seven, which means Thompson and Maya both move up a spot. Um, and I understand Woodley beat Thompson and Maya, but you know this was several years ago, so you know what I mean. We can't can't uh, have that on there forever. Um, but yeah, looking at it from uh, Colby Covington's perspective, I mean he wins the grudge match here. It wasn't even close. Utter domination. Um, Really, kind of on par with that performance he put uh, on um, uh, Robbie Lawler. Um, you know, I, 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 it's a, it's a little tougher because Tyron did let his hands go; they weren't really landing. Um, the Lawler performance, like I said, I thought was the greatest offensive performance I've ever seen. Um, this one, it was dominant. I mean, I and I don't know. The rib injury adds a little bit of a weird dynamic to this, just because. I don't, I don't know. In, in the record books, it's going to go as a Colby Covington TKO finish of Woodley. I mean, I suppose the reason why Woodley's rib was injured was because of Colby, so you got to give Colby credit. Um, I didn't think he had finishing power, and I mean, it was a finish, um, although, you know, a little little weird. Um, but Covington, this puts him right back in, in a very, very good spot. I think he should fight next for the title after Gilbert Burns. Um but if he wants to stay active in the meantime, I think a pay-per-view headliner versus uh, Jorge Masvidal should be next. Um, that would make a lot of money. It would it would um, 
further solidify uh, Covington's popularity. Uh, I mean, his number one contender spot is already, I mean, it's pretty solidified that he, he should be next in line for a title. Um, I mean, that first fight with Usman was so close. I mean, if it went to the scorecards, who knows how it would have gone. You know, I had it two rounds uh, apiece heading into the fifth. I think Usman obviously was winning the fifth because uh, he knocked him out. Um, but I don't know, maybe a, a judge felt a different type of way and maybe somebody had it Colby 3-1. to one, And, you know, it would still be a Colby decision win if he went, if he went to the, the final bell. Obviously it didn't, but it was it was a very fun uh, kickboxing fight. So um, I don't know. I think I think I'd rather see a title shot between uh, Covington and and Usman. But I mean that's really compelling stuff. Covington and uh, Masvidal. Uh, I think Covington would smoke Masvidal. I don't even think it would be close. I think it would pretty much just be like this fight that just occurred. Um, so Covington is sitting pretty. And uh, just a quick note on Covington. I see a lot of people getting mad at uh, Colby. Um, oh, my God. How could he say the thing uh, about uh, Kamaru Usman and his tribe and smoke signals um, and stuff like this? And just really anything Colby's ever said to piss people off. I'm not going to defend anything specifically that Colby Covington says because I don't want to get into that game. Uh, because, quite frankly, I don't. Obviously, I don't support everything Colby says. But what you got to realize is this is a character. I mean, he's he's made that very, very clear that this is a character. So for all these people who get mad at Colby, why? Like, just take a chill pill. It's all good. You know what I mean? Like, you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. Colby wants to make you mad. Colby wants you to write long tweets about him and keep his name in your mouth and, and make him go t- uh, trending and things like this. So if you really hate Colby Covington, the best thing to do is just to not even say anything. That'd be the worst case scenario for Colby if nobody said anything. If people weren't outraged, you know what I mean? That'd be that's that's the worst case scenario for Colby. So it's just funny to see all these people saying, "Oh my God, I I hate Colby Covington. I hope somebody knocks his fucking jaw off his face." It's like, okay, that's ex- he's play he's playing a character. He's playing the Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik is the villain. Is the villain? He does villain shit. He wants you to hate him. He's gonna take a lawn chair and break it over Hulk Hogan's head. Uh, Hulk Hogan's head. Um, you know what I mean? So it's it's just kind of weird. Like we all we all know it's fake. So why why get mad at it? Just enjoy it. It's a character. He's he's supposed to be a a, a guy people hate. So I, I don't know. I see a lot of people with room temperature IQs getting mad at uh, Colby. I mean, you're you're falling right into his game, buddy. So um, it's whatever, man. I appreciate what Colby does because I think it's interesting and it's a good. You know, it's it's a very good model. It's a very good model. I don't give a shit what anybody says. What Colby Covington is doing, taking the kind of Uncle Chael route, is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Because the worst the worst thing, and which is why I say, if you really hate Colby, just don't talk about him. That's the worst thing that could happen to Colby. He wants you to talk about him. So w- when it comes to Colby, and this, this is very applicable to... MMA and popularity and things like that. The worst thing that can possibly happen to any fighter is nobody cares. If nobody cares, that's the worst place to be. People have to care. People have to care to tune to see you fight, to to buy merch, to buy pay-per-views. It doesn't matter if they're... It's the Floyd Mayweather approach. It doesn't matter if people are tuning in to watch you put on a great performance because they're cheering for you or if they're tuning in to watch you get knocked out. 
they're still tuning in. That's still money in your pocket. So whether or not people love you or whether or not they hate you is largely irrelevant. It matters a little bit. It matters a little bit, but it's largely irrelevant. You just want people to care. You just want people to have strong emotions. And however you feel about politics, this is not a political show, so I'm not here to say anything on anything political, but I'm just saying him supporting Trump is brilliant because off the bat, nobody's nobody's in between on Trump, right? Either, either well, I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm speaking in very broad generalities, but they're, they're generally true. Either you're a really big fan of Trump or you're not. There's not a whole lot of in between. Either you hate him or you love him. So by Colby being pro-Trump, 50% of the people out there are going to love what he stands for. And, and you know, I'm not going to say 50% are going to be his fans because, I mean, you know, 300 million people in this country. I mean, most people don't give a shit about MMA. But, like, people have strong emotions towards Colby Covington. Nobody's really just saying, oh, Colby Covington, meh, I don't have an opinion on him. Either you're like, hell yeah, Colby Covington, that's fucking awesome. Or you're like, man, I fucking hate that guy. But you're going to tune in to watch Lawler knock him out. It's not going to happen because Covington's a really good fighter. But love and hate. Love and hate are both very good and very valid in MMA. They're both strong emotions. There's not a whole lot of difference intensity-wise between love and hate. So um, what Colby does is is, is brilliant. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens if Trump loses. Like if, or say Colby, say Trump wins and Colby's still relevant four years from now, it'll be interesting to see how his shtick changes. You know what I mean? But... It, it, it's it's brilliant it's it, it honestly really is it's sad when people don't appreciate what he does because it's it's manipulating people's emotions without without them even really realizing what you're doing you, you know what i mean because if you realized what colby was doing you you wouldn't have a reaction if you hated him you, you would just never talk about him and and that'd be the worst possible thing for colby man i love these little cans of dr pepper um and then conversely here looking at tyron woodley I mean, he's on a three-fight losing streak. He's lost the last fucking 75 minutes in the octagon. Lost the last 15 rounds. Um, he should think about retiring. He should. Or at least wonder what his, his motivation is. Because Woodley's never going to be a champ again. At least at welterweight. And I'll get to that in a minute. So the, the, the thing is with Woodley, are you just fighting for money? If you are, that's fine. Because we can get you some money fights. Not like a Nate Diaz type of money fight, but like, you know, we could we could pay you money to go out there and fight. Um, are you fighting leg for legacy fights? If so, that'd be interesting. You know, um, and I'm, I'm just spitting, spitballing names here. But like, okay, how about Woodley versus Matt Brown or Woodley versus fucking, I don't know, Maya or, or something. Like, you know, we could get you other fighters at the end of the line just like you same age you know everything and just kind of do the old man fight thing um or do you want to be champ again you're not going to be champ at welterweight uh i like what chael sonnen said in the post fight uh show um on uh well i guess sunday last saturday um you know move up to middleweight if you want to be champ that's a fresh coat of paint i mean chris weidman Chris Weidman and Luke Rockhold were one win away from fighting John Jones for the title. They literally just needed one win in a new division because they're a big name and uh, you get a fresh coat of paint when you move up. Woodley, you move him to 185. I mean, I don't know. Kelvin Gastelum's had a little bit of success there at 185. 
Um, obviously, we all know my opinions on Calvin Gastelum. I think he should move down immediately to welterweight. Um, but I think Woodley's a little different. Woodley's a fucking massive guy uh, because he has a lot of muscle. Calvin Gastelum's a massive guy because he likes to eat a lot of food. So there's a big difference in body composition between the two. Uh, Woodley is yoked, and uh, yeah, Gastelum's a little chubby. Um, but again, he, I mean, he's going to be really fucking short for, for middleweight. But if, if you want to be champ... I mean, that that would be an interesting move, and I'm sure we, you could find interesting guys up there at 185. I don't know if he... But the thing is with Woodley, I don't know if he has it in general. So it might not matter if he stays at welterweight, goes up to middleweight, or fuck, if he cuts down to light lightweight, it might not matter because he might not have it in him anymore. Um, but yeah, there's interesting interesting fights you could have um, up at middleweight. I mean, fuck, I don't know. Look, Chris Weidman, <laughs> you know what I mean? That'd be an interesting fight. Um, in, in every sense of the word. Um, but I don't know. Obviously, this is speculative. Um, but, you know, Woodley, he had a great career. One of the best welterweight champs we've ever had. Second best for my money uh, behind uh, GSP. You know, sport just kind of passed him by, I think. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys who are built like Colby, a lot of guys who are built like Burns, a lot of guys who are built like Usman, who are pressure fighters, good wrestling, cardio, and high-volume uh, striking. And that is just kryptonite for for Woodley. So I don't really know where he goes from here. I'd like to see him take some time off. But uh, that was a very bad performance by uh, Tyron Woodley. Um, and a very good performance by, by Covington. So, I mean, just an awful night at the office for uh, Woodley. All right, moving on here to the co-main event. It was a majority draw between Nico Price and Cowboy Cerrone. Um, really a victory for Nico Price. If he didn't have the couple of eye pokes, um, he would have won by uh, split decision. Um, or actually a majority decision. Actually, fuck it, I don't have the scorecards in front of me. But um, I don't know, looking at the rankings here. So we had uh, Cowboy reluctantly at number 15 in the lightweight division. He is now out of the rankings. No more Cowboy Cerrone in the rankings. Uh, I had a very tough time trying to figure out who should be number 15. Um, and I settled on uh, Leonardo Santos. So I think Leonardo Santos is the number 15 lightweight. He's 7-0-1 in the UFC. He's got a couple of wins in the last couple of years. Um, that number 15 spot is definitely not solidified. Um, but it came down to like Santos or like... Alexander Hernandez and stuff like that and I don't know I just think Santos see I don't give a shit about popularity I really don't my rankings are just who I think is best I don't care about popularity I guarantee to you nobody has Muslim Salikov as their number 15 welterweight but I think Salikov is the number 15 welterweight so we put him at number 15 um you know what I mean nobody's most people probably haven't even heard of Muslim Salikov but um you know what I mean I don't I don't care about popularity or, or none of that um, I also should men- mention that, uh, you know, uh, as, we, as we wrapped up the, the main event talker, we had um, some movement in our pound-for-pound pound rankings. Um, I forgot to remove Daniel Cormier from the ranking, so he was number eight. Uh, we moved him out, uh, which means uh, Piotr Jan, Davison, Figueredo, Justin Gaethje, and Tony Ferguson all move up one spot. Uh, Colby Covington moves from 15 to 12. Uh, Conor McGregor and Robert Whitaker stay at 13 and 14. 
and uh, because Cormier went out of the rankings, there was a, a, an, an open spot at number 15 because everybody moved up, um, and we replaced that with uh, Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier is now in our pound-for-pound pound rankings. Um, it's more of a feel. It's not a, an exact science. So don't don't kill me too hard for my pound-for-pound pound rankings. I don't put a whole ton of thought into it. I just kind of go by feel. So if you're like, oh, my God, how is Conor McGregor number 13? He shouldn't even be on there. Or, oh, how is Conor McGregor 13? How is he not higher? How is he not number two? It's not, it's not official. It's just for fun. It's just a fun list to look at. So if you're not having fun looking at the list, then go fuck yourself. Um, but yeah, moving on, uh, or I guess continuing on here with the uh, co-main event. Um, they both tried. They both tried. I wouldn't say it was particularly fun. It wasn't the, It wasn't a bad fight by any stretch of the imagination, but it was just kind of whatever. Kind of sad to see Cerrone not really in a fight. I mean, he was in it, but... I thought pretty clear Price was winning and obviously would have won if he uh, hadn't had the the um, the eye poke. Um, I, don't, I don't have a lot to say on it, man. I mean, Price is an interesting fighter to follow, and Cerrone, you know, I thought it was telling that Dana White said um, in the post-fight presser, listen, he's going to have to have a talk with uh, Cerrone, you know what I mean, about retirement. I, I know Cerrone in the lead-up to the fight was saying shit like, man, I'm going to be going out there with uh, a walker with tennis balls uh, on, on the bottom of it. I'm going to be go out here until I'm, you know, a grandpa, literally until they tell me to stop. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to get that opportunity, dude. You've been losing a lot, a lot of fights lately. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. I don't know. I think they also, I, I also said on the preview show, uh, this was a dick move to, to put Cerrone with Nico Price. Price is very, very dangerous. We don't need Cerrone getting knocked out again. Let let Cerrone go down the dusty trail. Let him let him walk off into the sunset. Get, give him a couple of legacy fights against real fucking old fighters. Pull a Bellator. Pull a Bellator. You know I don't know. Fucking I don't know. Br- bring back Gilbert fucking Melendez out of retirement and put these two together. Like just have Cerrone fight only people over the age of forty, okay? And then have him fight three more times three more times and then just we're done I, I really don't have any more appetite to see uh, cowboy fight alrighty here moving on to the featured bout it was a 17 second knockout from Hamzat Chemaev over Gerald Mershart um, fuck mailman delivers again man uh, that was the mailman's lock of the week Hamzat Chemaev and look at what happens when the mailman picks you 17 second knockout um, fuck the the legend. I couldn't fucking believe it. I I really couldn't believe it. The first punch he threw, he knocked him out. Mearshart's no punk, you know what I mean. He's got forty five professional fights. Uh, been in the UFC for for a few years. I mean, he's no he's not a punk. He has he 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 loses more fights than he than he wins in the UFC. But I mean, there's levels to this game, and and you know if you're an entry level guy, you're not getting past Mearshart. Um. It, it just adds to the hype. It adds to the mystery of Hamzat Chemaev. Who the fuck is this Swedish guy who fought in Brave and now 66 days, he's he's the fastest to three wins. I mean, he's going to take on somebody in the rankings next. I can guarantee you that much. I don't think it'll be Damian Maya because what the fuck does Damian Maya have to gain by fighting Chemaev? Um, absolutely nothing. Um, but he's going to fight somebody in the rankings next. I can I can guarantee you that much. Um, 
The thing is about this, I, I say the same thing about any quick knockout. A quick knockout is the best night you possibly can have at the office, but it's not always the best result for your career because I, I just want to see more octagon time with Chemayev. Now, fair enough, if he just blows through these guys, then then what can you say? What can you ask for? You know what I mean? But I don't know, man. It, it's not... That's great for hype, and it's it's great for not taking damage, but sometimes you just want to have, like, a two-round... A two-rounder, you know what I mean? You just you want to get more time in the octagon. Because um, I don't know, man. Maybe he gets in there with Damian Maya, and maybe we find out, holy shit, there's levels to this game. There was a lot of hype on Chemayev, but wow, he got, you know, choked out by Damian Maya. Turns out you can't just put anybody in there with a high-level BJJ guy and, and, and you know, think it's always going to go your boy's way. So, you know what I mean? I'm just saying temper your expectations with Chemayev. Obviously, this is a red-hot prospect. It's easy to get hyperbolic. Um, you know what I mean? I'm still very, obviously, I'm very high on this guy's future. But, you know, I mean, let's doesn't have a lot of octagon time in the UFC you know what I mean um so let's let's just let's just settle down here let's do this the right way because what I would hate to see what I would hate to see is Chimaev go in there with Maya and just get fucking outclassed and out grappled for a 15 minute decision and then you're just kind of like you didn't you didn't kill a star because obviously he still has his career ahead of him and it was just one fight but you didn't build him properly. And 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 listen, there's <laughs> there's I'm not saying build him like a Bellator fighter where he has to fight 29 cans in a row. I'm saying he should fight somebody in the rankings next. But are we going to give him a top 7 guy like Damian Maya? Ah, you know what I mean? I don't know. That's a little it's a little interesting. I I like this guy. Let's not mishandle him. I would hate to mishandle somebody as as popular and as talented as as Chimaev. You know, because I was seeing like, wow, how would he fare against Kamaru Usman? Holy smokes, he just beat Gerald Mearshart. Yeah, he would get murdered by Kamaru Usman. He would, it would not even be competitive. Now, maybe in a, in a, in a year from now, maybe in two years from now, when Chemayev grows and he gets more octagon time, maybe he, maybe in the future he will beat Usman. But I, I bet you if we put him in there with Usman right now, he would get fucking destroyed. You know, you know what I mean? There's just levels to the game and there's different points in different people's careers. So let's not get fucking crazy here. You know, just saying whatever about Chemayev. You know, there's plenty of names. Dude, welterweight is so fucking tough. You could put him against anybody from 10 to 15 and that's going to be a real tough fucking challenge. A real tough fucking challenge. You know what I mean? So don't worry. Like, there's plenty of tough challenges before you get to a guy like a Damian Maya. You know what I mean? How about you fight Neil Magny? How about you fight how about you fight Bilal Muhammad? How about you fight Muslim Salikov, Vincente Luque? These are all incredibly fucking tough fighters. But we don't have to give a guy a number seven guy in, in, in the division. That's not just not really how it works. Um, but I again I, I do like the guy's future. Uh, moving on here, on still on the main card, we had a first-round knockout by Johnny Walker over Ryan Spann. This is really the fight that helped seal the victory for the mailman. Um, I had Johnny Walker by first-round TKO, um, so I got a 10-7 round there because Drew picked uh, Ryan Spann. Um, I like seeing Johnny Walker get back to his winning ways. I mean, this is a very, very talented guy. 
Um, and again, that's what happens when you get quick finishes. You rise up the rankings, and you rise up maybe maybe a little too fast than what you should have. And uh, you know, had the loss to Corey Anderson, got grapple fucked by uh, Nikita Krylov. And this this win was a little sloppy too. Johnny Walker was hurt a couple of times, so he's still got a lot to work on. His defense needs to get better. I do not like that he went to SBG Ireland. Not that that's a bad gym. Obviously, it's a good gym. But fuck me. Uh, TriStar and Farasahabi is the best gym and the best coach in all of MMA. I don't like that he left. I like that he went there, but I don't like that he left. But um, it was a little bit of a sloppy win, but uh, you know he's, he's got really good finishing ability and, you know, God damn, he landed some fucking big elbows and some big hammer fists to the side of Ryan Spann's head. Um, and, and that's a solid win. You know, uh, Ryan Spann was on a, a, a pretty good winning streak, and um, that, that's exactly what Johnny Walker needed. Um, you know, we look here at the light heavyweight rankings. Uh, Johnny Walker stays at 10. He stays at 10. If you look at who's directly above him, we have Nikita Krilov at number 9. I can't, I can't move Johnny Walker ahead of Nikita Krilov. Johnny Walker literally just lost to Nikita Krilov. Uh, we respect head-to-head matchups, uh, recent head-to-head matchups in uh, North Stars rankings. So Johnny Walker, even though he wins, he stays at number ten. He solidifies his number ten spot, um, you know, but but he stays there. Uh, Ryan Spann moves from eleven to twelve, which means Sirkinov, Misha Sirkinov moves from twelve to eleven. Um, but. Listen, 11 through 15 in the light heavyweight division is very shallow. It's very... Jimmy Crute at number 14 could win his next fight, and he could be number 11. You know, he could move up three spots. I mean, it's it's really fluid um, at this point. Um, I still like both these fighters. Again, like I said on the preview show, two long, rangy, lanky strikers. Um, so, I mean, we'll see how Span rebounds, and we'll see what's next for Johnny Walker. I honestly don't really know. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> Anthony Smith? I mean, I, I don't know. Volkan Uzdemir? I mean, I don't know. We'll, they'll figure out something for Johnny Walker. Although, might might be down in the rankings. Might be down in the rankings. Maybe it is Jimmy Crute, to be honest. I mean, that kind of would make um, some sense. All right, moving on here for the main card. Oh, no, second. It was a six-fight uh, main card. Excuse me. So this is just... Uh, the second fight here on the main card. Uh, Mackenzie Dern gets a quick submission armbar over Random Marcos. Uh, very boring fight. Very boring fight. Um, neither of those, of those two fighters are stars, like I saw one publication say. Um, yeah, I, I really have nothing to say on that. I do not care about either fighter. Uh, I guess it's good to see Mackenzie Dern win, but really only because that's what you got to say. Uh, Dern moves from 13 to 12. Marcos from 14 to unranked. Uh, Angela Hill from, from 12 to 13, so flip-flops there with uh, Angela Hill. And then Virna Jandaroba from 15 to 14, and Livia Renata Souza from unranked to 15. So a little bit of housekeeping there with the women's strawweight division rankings. Uh, moving on here. Uh, on the, uh, the main card opener, Kevin Holland wins by split decision over Darren Stewart. Um, I've made it very clear, uh, Kevin Holland is one of my favorite fighters um, going right now. I think he's a top five striker in the middleweight division, and this was not a very good fight. By all accounts, are going to run it back because that's what Kevin Holland wants. 
I, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of think Darren Stewart won this fight just with ground control. The striking was pretty even. Um, I, I, it's tough. I'm trying not to be biased because I love Kevin Holland, but I think Darren Stewart might have won this one. If not, I don't know. Probably should have been a draw. But, uh, yeah, kind of a stinker there for Kevin Holland. Uh, you know, not exactly his best performance. And uh, I, I think the rematch is probably what should be done. Uh, moving very quickly here through some of the prelims, I did not see a lot of the prelims um, because I was working and had uh, some other stuff to do here. Uh, we had um, uh, David Dvorak beat Jordan Espinoza. That's interesting, Dvorak. Um, I liked him in his UFC debut, so good to see him get a win over uh, Espinoza. Tough to know how much he should move up in the rankings just because the rankings are really bad at uh, flyweight. Uh, we had Damon Jackson choking out Mursad Bektich. That's a terrible loss for Mursad Bektich. Damon Jackson, uh, probably known by most MMA fans, if they know him, uh, for being on the receiving end of, receiving end of Movlid Kabilayev's flying knee. I think is how you say it. I don't have it in front of me, so I guess that's just off of memory. Um, but good for Damon Jackson. Kind of a cool story. Was in the UFC four years ago and, um, you know, comes back and, and gets a win. Uh, Myra Bueno Silva submits Mira Romero Barella. Fucking tough names to follow. Do not care about that at all. Uh, Jessica Rose Clark beats Sarah Alper uh, by third round finish. Um, that fight should have been stopped. I mean, they say that. That's like one of the, the rules that every single fan knows. Uh, re- replay can only be used in a fight ending sequence. You hear that you hear that every single fucking broadcast when they go over the rules of the octagon. I mean, it, it depends from uh, jurisdiction to jurisdiction, but most jurisdictions you, you only can use replay for a fight ending su- sequence. So how the ref didn't know that, Chris Tyone... Um, that's that's real bad. That's real bad. I mean, everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. I mean, that's as common as knowing you can't knee a grounded opponent, uh, and, and you can't eye poke. Um, I mean, it was a, it was a solid win. Good win for the human coloring book, Jessica Rose Clark. Uh, she has scribblings on her body uh, that look like a two year old drew them. Uh, she'll have to live with that on her body for the rest of her life. Um, so have fun with that. Um, but just a terrible fucking stoppage. Absolutely terrible. I understand why Dana was mad at that. Th- that's, I don't want to get too crazy, but th- this, you know what I mean? Because it, it's situation, it's situational, but like, that's how somebody dies. You know what I mean? Like, obviously she was taking a beating, but it wasn't like, holy shit. It, it wasn't like a Thomas Gifford beating, but like, okay, that that's how someone dies. That's how we get our first death in the UFC. Like, we have someone who gets knocked out, uh, and and for whatever bullshit ref reason, the fight continues, and then they get knocked out twice. And obviously, she, she wasn't knocked out cold, but she didn't really have her wits about her 100%, you know what I mean, taking a beating and then going back in and taking a fucking second beating. Like, what the fuck are we doing here, guys? Like, that's really fucking dangerous. That's, that's really dangerous. Um, we had Derek Minner winning uh, by a 52-second guillotine choke on TJ Laramie. Um, like, that's exactly what I fucking said on the preview show. You have to watch out. If you're TJ Laramie, you look at Derek Minner. He tried to do the exact same thing to Grant Dawson, um, but Grant Dawson survived. 
But like, Derek Minner has a lot of submission victories, has a lot of very quick submission victories. So he's obviously a very quick starter. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that's a, well, not a bad loss. But you know what I mean? I mean, that's like, that's predictable. If you would have asked, how do I, if Derek Minner wins, how do I see it getting done? It's probably by a pretty quick submission. So uh, I'm not very good there. Uh, uh, moving on here on the prelims. Um, hellacious head kick knockout by Randy the Zohan Costa uh, over Journey Newsom. Uh, very reminiscent of uh, Kevin Lee's head kick knockout of Gregor Gillespie. Uh, that's what it reminded me of. Some some differences, but a lot of similarities uh, to those finishing sequences. Uh, just a great win for for the Zohan. You know what I mean? This this was a guy who came into the UFC, I think, at three and one, uh, which rarely works out. But I mean, fuck, he's you know he's six and one now. So uh, I I wouldn't say he's faced particularly high competition, um, but he's he's getting UFC wins. He's getting UFC wins. Oh, came in at three and oh, Jesus Lord. Um, yeah, that's uh, very young to be in in the UFC. But um, you know, I think uh, you don't mess with Zohan is a classic movie, and um, happy to see Randy Costa get the victory. Uh, moving on here, we had a split decision win for Andre Ewell over Irwin Rivera. Don't care has no meaningful implications on anything ever. Uh, and we had a, a second-round knockout by Tyson Nam on Jerome Rivera. Um, also, no meaningful implications on anything ever. So, uh, congrats to Tyson Nam. Uh, with that, we'll wrap up this uh, recap here. Um, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN, North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN, uh, Owen the Mailman uh, for the Mailman on Twitter. Uh, you got to visit NorthStarSports.media where we have uh, updated rankings. Uh, we have all of our podcasts on there. Um, all of our information pertaining to picks and uh, the main card showdown are on our website as well. Um, again, we will have uh, Reagan Hooverman on the show tomorrow. So we'll wrap up here this recap of UFC Fight Night Covington versus Woodley. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.